0: Welcome to Beers, Business, Involves, presented by House Enterprise and brought to you by Manscaped. You know the drill, manscaped.com. Use the code house and you can get 20% off your order and free shipping around the world. This is episode 108 and, well, they, they did it. Aaron Judge is coming back to the Bronx. They got it done. Signed, sealed, delivered. Aaron Judge is a New York Yankee once again and will be for nine years.
1: Was there ever a doubt? The only time I had a doubt, though, there was never a doubt, but the only time I had a doubt was with the whole John Heyman uh, debacle yesterday, and he can go kick rocks. Arson Judge is a San Francisco 40, uh, 49er. Francisco a 49er. <laughs> Arson Judge is a giant. Aaron Judge is the next captain of the New York Yankees. And, I mean, again, anyone, if the Yankees lost Aaron Judge, they'd laugh about it. The Yankees sign Aaron Judge to a nine-year deal, and they're like, well, they actually didn't improve, and they haven't done anything, and that contract's bloated and inflated and blah, blah, blah. It's a win-win for the Yankees. He's the face of baseball. He was always supposed to be in pinstripes. Hal got on the phone and said, Judge, what do do we need to do to to keep you in the pinstripes? He goes, give me the ninth year, and he said, okay. Now go sign a pitcher. Now go get your left fielder. Build your bullpen up. Let's go win a World Series
0: yeah hey let's do it why not um i think
1: the big surprise the big surprise though was that the padres was the the third mystery team coming in with a 400 million dollar offer losing both him and trey turner to teams offering less money that is brian
0: windhorse meme what's going on in san diego
1: what is going on there
0: I just love the arson judge. That's gonna stick with everybody for so long. It truly is incredible. And then Bob Nightingale tweeting uh, that they made offers to Stanton. Yeah, like that. Him and what are they uh, serving just, them in San Diego? They serving him. I mean,
1: people. There were reports that people were boozed up last night. That the drinks were flowing, but. I mean, between him, Andy Mar- uh, Martino, John Heyman, it's like you guys are supposed to be the reputable sources, and you ain't getting shit done. It's passing or bust,
0: in my opinion. With any baseball news, it's passing or bust. That's why I said I said I don't trust it until it comes out of passing's mouth, and it did. And I'll, I'll trust Rosenthal. He like I'll, uh, Ken Rosenthal.
1: Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll 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 trust
0: him, but it's still pass passing one. Well, JP's not bad. but When JP tweeted that this morning, I'm like, oh, shit. I hope he didn't get duped, too. Um, Early morning for them, too, because it was like 8 a.m. Eastern. So that was like a 5 a.m. break. Yeah. Shout out GT Julian for uh, being first outside. Yeah. <laughs> he had a report at 5 a.m. <laughs> I'll leave it there. No, <laughs> um okay on to beers um let's see here i actually have rated a couple recent ones you can you can go ahead but i'm i'm excited to bring this back to rhode island for uh for my selection
1: you can go first if you like oh, well wow. yeah
0: all right good. um everybody in rhode island or at least with ties to smithfield knows laura's bar and grill and let me just say, we've talked about this in years past. Buttonwoods, um, what else? There's Finback, there's Other Half, there's a bunch of New York uh, area beers. This is probably the best selection at a restaurant of craft beer on tap that and cans that I think is, may I be so bold as to say it's the best selection in Rhode Island at any Rhode Island restaurant i think that is where i stand on laura's bar and grill um coming home from the bryant game the other night got some food I was waiting for my takeout and they they said you know it'll be 20-25 minutes so i said screw it i'll have a beer um and buttonwoods this is called ephemeral eph- ephemeral ephemeral memories i don't know how to say that um Seven percent American IPA, very hazy uh very New England style. you know this is Buttonwood's best work. This is their best IPA. Um, had it on draft, it was pretty heavy, and I didn't honestly I, I would have drank maybe another, but but God, this is some of their best IPA work and I gave this a four two five. Yeah, shout out to Morgan from Button
1: Woods. I mean, I haven't been there in a minute, but their beer is always good. We probably really should stop by and and say hello. Um, yeah, Button Woods, Button Woods, is a good one. Very, it's a hidden gem in Rhode Island, to say the least. Um, I will also be doing a Rhode Island beer, and it'll be one that we had on a Saturday morning last week, and it was the. Moniker Brewery Sip Sips Cream Ale, which is a collaboration with the Dips Dips food truck that is always at Moniker. And this cream ale is obviously something that's been in their in their wheelhouse for a while. Monica's uh, monikers, I forgot which the original what it was called, but it was it was pretty solid. But this definitely was an improvement over that. It was sweet, light, very flavorful, very refreshing. I gave it a three point seven five out of five. And mm. I would drink it again. And I really did enjoy it, especially for crushing beers at the uh USA game at ten AM. So uh, shout it. out to Fort Monica Meatball as well.
0: Sandwich was a great accompaniment. Yeah. Dips to... dips is a is a top tier food truck. Yeah. And uh, it Rock, was a great accompaniment, high. I should say, to watching the US get their shit blown out. Vibes were high though.
1: Yeah, the vibes, vibes were, were high. Good.
0: Until the um, – what was it? Until the uh, – it was sucked out of there at the second goal, sadly. Yeah. Yeah. There was a glimmer of hope for, like, five minutes when the U.S. Uh, lost the other day.
1: But it was short-lived. We'll see in 2026. That's talking soccer.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm worried for that, too. It's not going to be Greg Berhalter coaching that team. I have a... No,
1: they're supposedly talking extensions. I, yeah, I just don't think
0: it's going to materialize. Who knows, know. man? I feel like it's they turn like, over so much, too. The turnover is high. It's
1: just so frustrating because, again, like a team like Morocco, no discredit to Morocco, but they just upset Spain going to the quarterfinals. Like, we are the United States of America. We should be pushing out the best of the best. And, like, the fact that the United States hasn't In like the early two thousands, taking kids in the Midwest and threw them in a lab and just like generated the second coming of Donovan Beckham, Messi combined is beyond me. Like we are supposed to be the best at everything we do. We go to the Olympics. We are number one, top two, top three every single every single time. You're telling me the World Cup? Our women's team is incredible. Our women's our women's soccer team is one of the best in the world, but you're telling me our men's team is like the men's team, like barely held their own. Like I'll give them the England tie, like luck of the draw, everything else. It's like you scored, you score twice. Mid as can be mid as can be. And the question is, it's like, is it the coaching? Is it the talent? I mean, who's going to come out of the woodworks in the next four years to join this team? I don't know, but, like, who do you build around? It has to be Polisic, right? But, like, I don't know. Tim Weah Wea might be better. This Gio Rania kid that everyone was saying, but he was chilling on the pine the whole the whole World Cup. Like, who knows?
0: Hey, they brought him in, in the second half, Gio Reyna. Yeah, I don't think he did much except flop a few times. Oop-dee-doo. <laughs> Yeah, it's – but to me, I almost feel as though, like, all right, because the women's team is so good, does that just mean the U.S. has invested more in the women's game? I I don't know. Could that be it? Because there's, like, no other countries that really have an infrastructure for women's soccer that compares to the U.S. Like, what is it, the NWSL here? Yeah, the National Women's Soccer League. Um, Shout out to Portland Thorns. They just won it. They're sick. Um. Could they take home another gold in a couple of years? I think they certainly will. But they're a wagon, and the U.S. men's team sucks, to your point. They're so bad. I don't know who wins the World Cup anymore. I think um, it's probably France right now. But they have a tough game Saturday, too. It's England-France.
1: England-France, and then, I mean, I think it's – what was it? It was –
0: you and I were saying Croatia could make a run again.
1: Who knows? They can. They can make a run again. I know Portugal is playing Morocco. So again, you never, you never know what could happen. Could be another. Yeah, Spain upset. got
0: knocked out by Morocco. Yeah.
1: England Brazil. versus France, Croatia, Brazil, Netherlands, Argentina.
0: I think Netherlands Argentina might be a decent game too. I
1: think. I think honestly, all four will. Yeah. Those yeah, are gun. To, I mean, gun to my head. It would it would be France's tournament to lose. I think the easiest path to getting to the finals would probably be Portugal beating Morocco and then letting France and England fight it out.
0: Yeah, did Ronaldo? Is he sitting this whole time or what? I don't know. I I didn't he really. summed keep him in in the seventy third the other yeah. day when they were rinsing
1: Switzerland. I think like people were definitely taking too much stock into that. Like, it definitely was more of a, we're going to beat Switzerland, so might as well rest the legs.
0: I don't know. Or I could be one of those people that's reading into that. Or it could be drama. Or is he a bad teammate? I mean, probably. I mean, he, he did just get cut from his team. Like, his team was like, yeah, we don't, we could give a shit. We'll eat your contract. Like, you're a cancer to the locker room.
1: Who knows? Like... Who knows? I mean, he's about to take that blood money, that live Saudi oil money, and take that. I think it's like seventy-five million a year.
0: Something like that.
1: Crazy.
0: A lot of money. I don't know. Um, that's the World Cup the finals <laughs> are a couple weeks away, huh? It's when's the when's the championship? It's the eighteenth. Sunday, the 18th, 10 a.m. Cool. Um, by the way, Eric Dunn did not go to that game. He didn't go. It's a
1: shame. It's a shame. Uh, he, had a, he had a good
0: time in uh, Dubai, though. He did. He said uh, he he has a whole podcast out. Go and listen to Dunn and Drew, for those that uh, have listened to our podcast with Eric Dunn a couple of weeks ago. Um. He said uh, he found, you know, he went up to the top of the, uh, what is it? The frame in Dubai, I think it is. And um, he said he saw one other black guy up there and they were just like laughing at each other. And they're like, what the hell are you doing here? It was really funny. Um, yeah, they he had a blast. He said he needed like another few weeks there, though. Mm, I don't know about that. What did he say? No, he said. It would be i think his exact quote was he it will be his he would travel there again before he travels like anywhere of destination in the u.s which i still disagree with him on but yeah i don't know i mean again dubai was a
1: very cool city and it's a very new city it's very up and up and you know clean and and new money type of thing but It's a long flight for like not that much to do. You know, you go to the desert once, you spend your full day in the desert. You don't have to do that multiple times. You go to the Burj Khalifa. It's a gorgeous view. You do that for half a day and then do the mall for the other half a day. But then you're just spending money on shit that you can get at home. It's not like you're getting anything like culturally crazy. It's all just designer brands. And like you go to a couple museums and you call it you call it a day. Yeah.
0: Hot take from Eric Dunn, but that's all right. <laughs> I I see the hour though. Like I see the I my hot take is that I sort of agree with them. Like I get it. I haven't been. So this is me as an outsider saying this. That's one thing I don't share in common with the three of us, is I have not been to Dubai. It's definitely
1: oh. a good place if you're in that part of the world to have a layover in. Like, I would do Dubai again if I was flying to insert Middle Eastern Asian country. I get it. You're right there. And it's like, yeah, I'd rather. So, what do you do? Like a day layover then? I do, yeah. Like a 48 hour layover. So, you spend a day in Dubai.
0: Mm, yeah. But, well, like, you could go to the beach and shit. Yeah. Uh, you could go to the beach. Yeah. There's just so much to do. It's just it's so foreign. It's a city in the middle of nowhere. Built on a desert and they keep building it. I guess that was our business segment. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have much planned. because Oil money. Oil money. We don't really feel like diving way too into FTX because like number one, I don't really think we understand it. First of all, I don't I,
1: understand it. And honestly, I don't care. It's it's money laundering. It's money right. laundering. It's media covering up things. It's this guy who looks like a psychopath, and now he's broke. And now he's broke, but he probably isn't because people are like, "Yeah, whatever. We'll we'll fund." He's going
0: to do a Netflix film, and that'll make a few million bucks back, and everything will be okay.
1: It's all a co- actually the one I do have one business thing, and I'll, I'll go on a little rant right now. Supposedly that the IRS is forcing you to. Um, submit any payment over six hundred dollars from Bendo, i saw that. that's bullshit where like the pentagon has failed audits year after year like fuck the common man at this point
0: yeah they lost uh what was it two trillion dollars just went away and they said oh it's six hundred one dollars i don't know like fuck the
1: common man at this point where it's like you want to have a side hustle you want to like do something and make some money the irs is like kick rocks pound sand eat glass you need to report that and get taxed even more it's ridiculous it is when i saw that it's like holy shit and you know for a fact that venmo is gonna fuck this up because like people are gonna be paying rent to like their roommate and it would be like over a thousand dollars and and like that'll happen 12 times in the month and venmo is just gonna be like yeah that's someone's side gig and it's like why am I getting taxed on my rent payments now? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. Slippery, slippery slope that I don't like. I know. Well, that's what happens when... I, I hate to get political, but that's what happens when you put people in office that elect or that, uh, that decide 87,000 new auditors from the IRS. Is that what it is? Or is it 8,700? I think it's 87,000. I think it's 87,000. That's what happens. And they say, no, no, they're not coming after the common man. What the fuck else are they doing? 87,000 people. My ass they're not coming after the cops. It's fucked up.
1: Well, I still haven't I still haven't uh received all of my uh refunds yet. What? Like your tax refund? Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah, it's just lost in the mail.
0: It's around the corner. Yeah.
1: I'll see it in 2023.
0: I did get a payment because I paid taxes in massachusetts mass had a three trillion dollar surplus i did get i did out. get the surplus
1: from massachusetts which you pay was nice mass taxes yeah oh i did get the massachusetts surplus which was nice and yeah, rhode I-
0: bucks. it's good
1: yeah rhode island has a surplus budget but they won't they won't send it back
0: because our governor's too stubborn
1: and that's talking politics <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that's the most political we've got on this show um yeah it was nice couple hundred bucks from the massachusetts government it's like a parting gift from charlie baker he's like yeah you know i'm not gonna be around here we'll pay this out to everybody who overpaid taxes i'd love to it was nice it was like three four hundred bucks i can't remember but oh cool i'll take the free money um and then not a whole lot of states are doing that that's interesting shit um wow we what a tangent for business this was on we ended up talking mostly politics um you know what is coming to Rhode Island is rough and rowdy and you know us we've had rough and rowdy guests on before we've uh this is actually going to be number three uh lights out Bobby Lang was on back with smidge the doorman uh in May and now we have Casey Dale you probably know him as I ass. Um. Which he clarifies is not a real tattoo and it will not be yet. But he's got a fight coming on Friday that you don't want to miss on Rough and Rowdy in Providence. Uh, this is the first time, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, since it's back uh, since 2019. 2019, first time back. This is the second time Rough and Rowdy's in Providence. Should be a wild crowd Friday night. Let's bring Casey Dale for a quick preview of his fight. Here he is
1: all right everybody with this this week in honor of fight week rough and rowdy champion three and one record holder rhode island native casey dale aka i eat ass joins the podcast casey welcome to the show and how's everything going
2: hey how's it going doing great so
1: obviously fight week we're diving into your background so let's start from way back when a few years ago how did you get involved with Rough and Rowdy? And how did you get involved in the fight scene as a whole?
2: Uh, yeah, so getting involved in the fight scene as a whole, uh, I started in middle school. So I, I did boxing for like two weeks. And then I sprained both my wrists. I was like, man, this sucks. Like, I'm never doing this. So I stopped. And then uh, I ended up picking it back up my senior year of high school. So I was playing basketball at the time. And uh, someone ended up starting over me when I was playing varsity. So I'm like, damn, this sucks. So I sat the bench and, you know, maybe two, three games in, I'm like, yo, coach, like I quit. I'd rather go punch people in the face. And uh, that's what I did. So that's that's where where I've been going. Um, As for getting involved in rough and rowdy, it's kind of like a lottery. So they say, hey, like (laughs) sign up and you sign up, and uh, fortunately, I had a good nickname, so they chose
0: me. I think, so Casey, I think you're, what is this, Tondo, guest number three or four from Rough and Rowdy? I think it's three. Three. Um, And everybody's got different answers for this, so in your eyes, Rough and Rowdy, I mean, it's a whirlwind for you, right? Obviously, you've got the 3-1 record, but how has how this barstool experience been like knowing that you've been on the streams before that you've sort of developed this fan base and now you're basically ingrained in this community.
2: Uh, man, you said a lot there, uh, but yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, it's been great. Yeah. You're, you're kind of part of the whole barstool thing and, and people really do hype up these events. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm just a normal person like you guys, like there's not much to it.
1: So where did the nickname originate from? Ooh, which nickname? Which one do you think I'm going to ask? You you could say it. At the <laughs> I eat
2: ass. Oh, you eat ass? Yeah. <laughs> nice, dude. That's cool. Yeah, me too.
1: Oh. <laughs> um, oh man.
2: Yeah, so actually my my current roommate right now, Jeremy Jackson, uh, the, there was this thing going around in college. Obviously, you guys went to college too. You remember a couple of years ago, ass-eating season. So uh, it just kind of developed its own thing where we would say it so frequently, it became its own word. Like if we're going to like a party or, or we won't see each other for a while, we'd just be like, yeah, I eat ass. See ya. <laughs> Bye. So every time we would communicate, we would just be talking about eating ass. And uh, during one of my uh, Muay Thai fights that, that I had, it's like a smoker. It's like less than amateur, I guess you could say. And uh, I just wrote I eat ass on my chest and teed up this dude and and we're all pumped about it. So from there, it stuck. So like the barstool I eat ass is, is, you know, it's been in the making. It was already in progress for like a year or two. So I didn't just start being like, hey, I eat ass just for barstool. It's not how it goes.
1: Now, have we elevated from the sharpie on ta- the sharpie on your chest to an actual tattoo or is it still just still nah, just a nah, i'm never gonna get a <laughs> tattoo dude i'm way too white it doesn't work like <laughs> that <laughs> so without giving any spoilers bees every fight you've done you've added some kind of new mark on your body what is this what's gonna be uh represented on you this spoilers. friday
2: spoilers oh that's a good question all right well I'll, I'll give a small sneak peek to uh the the triple b exclusive you guys you guys can know um, so I'm trying to call out Joe Rogan I, I think that dude's eat that that dude definitely eats ass uh, we, we could ask his wife he probably does and the crazy thing is I was planning this in my head and I'm like yeah Joe Rogan definitely eats ass I listen to listen to his podcast and I really enjoy it and then uh, Barstool ends up making an announcement Theo Vaughn, uh like thick boy studios they're all gonna be watching together and it's all of Joe's friends so I think I think something might be able to happen from it.
0: That might be that might be an interesting uh that might be a good reaction from from the Rogan clan. Uh three and one in rough and rowdy for you Casey so far. Um you've built this following you've had some really good fights but that one probably some really bad ones. That's right. <laughs> you you want I'm sure you want that one back. obviously, that's uh, what they called the knockout of rough and rowdy history, but you yeah,, know, long end, right. So, so what do you think? If you could do it over again, what would you do? Did something happen that that shizat the Rizat came at you and and got you? or what do you think? No,
2: like i was I was on top of my game.
0: Uh, i I trained
2: very, very hard for that fight. Um sometimes at the end of the day, it just doesn't work out. Uh we're we're fighting demons outside of the fight, too. like, family issues, people pass away, d- d- injuries, whatever whatever you want to say like you can make up an excuse but I'm I'm just going to eat the L like I got I got hit and I went down it it happens. Uh I wouldn't really change it for anything though cuz like it, you you can see from the fight itself like I I put in the effort like I, I got knocked out like twice in that fight like that shit sucked and then and then my head was ringing for like a week uh i'm thankful to have a good job where i can just be like hey fuck this like i'm not working uh so so my work really made it easy
0: so now, that being said too. Was he your toughest opponent, or did any of those guys that you beat stick out as someone that was like, holy shit, that was a tough fight?
2: You're you're asking if I, I think Shiz was a tough opponent. Um, honestly, he was just kind of like any other. Um, maybe he was a little bit faster. He was definitely a lot smaller. Um, I, I just think I approached the fight wrong, where uh, I went in to bum rush him. And there was one point where he just like tagged me, and it changed the whole momentum of the fight. Um, so you're you're trying to figure out what you can do. You you've ever got a concussion, probably from like some other contact sport, where your vision just closes in. So I'm trying to do that, throwing at throwing punches at this cute kid who's like moving his head, and it's like,
1: fuck, what can I do? Uh, but I I played it out pretty well, so it's all right. And out of any of the other fights, which one has been the most rewarding or most memorable for you? Most rewarding or memorable. Uh, yo,
2: I, I really like Gary, ah uh, the milkman, um just as like a person, and uh, just as as like uh, an opponent he, he was really great to square up with and and I enjoyed that fight out of any of the other ones.
1: And then, of course, Rough and Rowdy returns back to your hometown. One of the reasons why you have on the podcast. Uh, you know what can we expect for this week? I mean, who's your opponent? What's the home crowd looking like for you? What do you uh, give us the rundown?
2: Yeah. So, what's his name? Spencer Abel. A dude's gonna. I don't. I don't know. I. I think they're just kind of trying to feed me. I. I've I've watched some of his fights. He looks. Great. I don't want to talk poorly because like th- things can happen, and you' got to fight to figure out like who's on top, but it- it's just another fight.
1: so how does that work as well? Like obviously, you're already in the rough and rowdy world, and so is someone like Spencer Abel. Is it kind of just like, okay, similar weight classes, similar styles match them together, or is there kind of a component of you know your party matches with his party to make the deal happen?
2: So yeah, Barstool just kind of says, hey, do you want to fight? And you say, yeah. And that's how it goes. They're not really like professional. They don't have like the the ring people and like everything in place. So it's kind of really hectic trying to find out if you're actually going to fight or not. Like I heard about this event two months ago and I thought I was going to fight in it two months ago. And you don't really find out until like beginning of december i was like okay i'm definitely fighting so it's it's really hard
0: um, one thing that we heard from lights out too was you know no matter who he's fighting uh, training he's always focused on him too so what's your training regimen look like you know when did you start really getting after it and what does training look like for you
2: yeah also lights out is cool i I like i like bobby lang good dude good dude yeah um so my training regimen, uh, I wake up at like 530 in the morning. Uh, and then I go lift some weights. And then I come back home, I eat and I work. And then after my long work day, uh, I'll go and I'll box for maybe like an hour. um, And then I'm just working on software until I go to sleep. And that's it's rinse and repeat every day. So you get like a lifting session, maybe a sauna. Uh, and then you're doing like shadow boxing, jump roping, hitting the bag, hitting the speed bags, sparring, all,
1: all the boxing stuff. And that's a good segue into your life outside of fighting. So obviously, you're not in a trailer park. You're not from the South shore of Massachusetts. You're in Rhode Island working on some software. So software engineer by trade, how did you get involved into the computer science world? Yeah, so
2: I, I wanted to follow in my stepbrother's footsteps going to UMass Dartmouth. Um, and he was a civil engineer and his wife was pretty sexy. So I'm like, okay, I could, I could do the same thing. I finally ended up figuring out like what civil was. And I was like, damn, like, 60000 after four years kind of blows. Like I could make 55000 just being like a store manager at Foot Locker. Why would I spend four years to make that money? So I'm like, what's never going to go away? I'm like, yeah, computers. Yeah, that's cool. So I look up uh, computer, computer engineering and computer science. And I'm like, damn, I don't know the difference between the two. So I just pull up like a little collage on, on UMass Dartmouth and it's like, okay, are there more girls in this picture or that picture? And I was like, yeah, I'll go with computer science. But uh, I was totally wrong because there's only weird people in computer science. So you kind of got to get through that weird part. Um, but yeah, so, so I went to UMass and then I got kicked out. Woo! Uh, and then I transferred to URI. And I finished with the degree in mathematics there.
1: And then also, you know, tell us a little bit about your endeavor with Software of America.
2: Yeah, so that's that's a good question. Um, I'm just trying to provide technical knowledge to Rhode Island as a whole. Um, so we've gotten a couple of clients and and we, we've been working pretty hard. Um, so we've got two employees plus me, so three, I guess. Uh, and we're we're just looking to grow
0: in your eyes the million dollar question what's harder building software or fighting
2: in my eyes uh building software is so much more time consuming like you got to sit there and like architect out solutions and actually make things fit together like a puzzle and it's legit so insane because there's so many different languages there's just literally everything is involved. It's, it's crazy. So much harder.
1: All right. So you heard it here first. Software is harder than fighting. Hopefully that's not the case this Friday, but Casey, we appreciate the time. Where can our listeners find more about yourself? Find your content online as well as find rough and rowdy and the fight this Friday. Yeah, so so for my content,
2: uh you'll you'll probably just have to scour the web. I'm I'm not gonna shout that out here. Um, but if if you want to find more about like rough and rowdy and stuff, uh go to
1: rnr.com and you can find a lot there. All right. Well, good luck this week. We'll keep in touch and uh you know, bring home bring home the title back to Rhode Island. Hell yeah. <laughs> and that was just Casey Dale, Rhode Island native and rough and rowdy fighter. Uh, tune into rnr.com or if you're in the area get some tickets it's a fun event it's a fun time and uh we're, we'll be rooting for casey and that interview was obviously a ball segment presented by manscaped go to manscaped.com slash house to use 20 percent off to get 20 percent off plus free shipping holidays are around the corner get your boyfriend girlfriend child whoever needs the lawnmower 4.0 their christmas gift so go to the site manscaped.com slash house for 20% off so what do we want to start with do we want to start with pretenders and contenders in the nfl or do we want to start with some baseball
0: free agency Yeah, let, let's start with free agency just since it's so hot um uh, so we've got the judge deal we talked trey turner a bit verlander uh, to the mets well actually did we talk about trey turner because we previously tried to record an episode or start to record this episode and i think it was in the lost file so trey turner goes to the phillies trey turner to the
1: phillies 11 years 300 million uh the phillies are making some moves the phillies they who else have the phillies added they added a reliever they added from, taiwan
0: walker actually they added
1: also taiwan walker that
0: was huge
1: um it,
0: He's a he's a solid middle of the middle of the rotation. Guy, yeah, but right? I'm saying like the for the exposure, like that's going to set the tone for a lot of these pitchers. Because yeah. um, he was four years and I want to say 71 mil, which overpay, I thought overpay, which f- led the dominoes falling for
1: our guy, Jamison Tyone. Right. He goes to the Cubs four years, 68 and uh,
0: good for him. Sucks, but good for him. Cubs made some weird moves. I think I think both of them are extremely high upside because you're not really risking a lot. Uh, Tyone, sure. I mean, I think he's proven enough that he's probably going to be reliable these next couple of years. But Cody Bellinger, Cody boy. Bellinger, that's a that's a you know, and talk about an overpay. I mean, yes, given the given last year, it's it's eighteen million bucks. But what I'm I'm not. I think it's a good signing because he it's not like he sucks. Like he had a very bad year last year, but it's basically a one-year prove it where it's like, all right, if you're not going to take this steep decline, you're going to get better. So this works out, come back for four years and we'll pay a hundred million bucks. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's definitely
1: a low risk high reward because Cody Bellinger plays the outfields can play first base, former MVP, um, change of scenery, let him, let him cook kind of thing. But, the Cubs are so weird because they're spending money, but they let Wilson Contreras walk. when They should have just traded him. They should have. When you get rid of Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo and um, who else was in that? Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, like, Schwarber's dumb.
0: You That's know,
1: like day. you did all of these. Jock Peterson, they flipped. It's like you did all of these moves mm-hmm. where it's like you should have just did a full rebuild, traded Ian Happ, traded Wilson Contreras, get some pieces around him, call it a day, or lock in Wilson Contreras. And now he goes to a rival. Now he goes to the Cardinals, who went from Yadier Molina to Wilson Contreras.
0: That's, that's seamless. That's, that's a team seamless. that got better.
1: Good for them. Good for them. Um, so the Cubs are interesting. Because, and they're also like, yeah, we're in on Contreras, Dansby Swanson. Um, like, they're in, they might... They might try to sign two shortstops and take the page out of the Rangers book and move them around. Yeah. They're they also in on so uh, Xander
0: too. A couple of years ago, dude, they had, they were hitting their stride. They had a young Chris Bryant. They had Rizzo in the prime of his career. They had Addison Russell who was supposed to be this dude that like a power hitting shortstop. He wasn't going to give you much defensively or speed, but like, then it I mean, all came crashing down. They had Starling Castro before that. Yeah, they. I love Starling. Yeah, Starling was a good player. Yeah, was, Russell, he, Russell's a uh, he's a domestic abuser, so yeah. he doesn't he get that safety. He play. caught a DV.
1: But yeah. then the Mets are the Mets are making moves. Obviously, they lost to Grom, who again good for the Rangers for getting their guy, and the Rangers will touch upon in a second. But they get Verlander, which was two years, eighty-six million. I'm not mad. I'm not mad that the Yankees, if the Yankees wanted Justin Verlander, that was two opportunities ago when the Astros traded for him. Like that's when that was the time when the Yankees should have got him.
0: Right. That's a risk that, and everybody, you got to get a kick out of this. Cause Keith McPherson on the fan last night and this morning fielding calls about like, you know, Hey, this is all these Yankee fans say, why did they pay this much money? It's like that's not the signing you get pissed about. A signing you do get pissed about is if the Yankees go out and spend that money on Verlander. The Mets can spend it. Yeah, I think they should have spent it because they had it laying around. The Yankees, who were yes, they have this access to so basically infinite money, but that's not a guy that this Yankees team gambles with. The Mets will be fine. They have young starters. They have a young core well, they can. Build
1: the away. Mets needed. The Mets really needed to make that move because yeah, Taiwan Walker walks uh DeGrom now walks and then Chris Bassett is also a free agent
0: yeah and you you had Syndergaard a year ago and And Syndergaard yeah Yeah, so
1: it's like your starters right now are Max Scherzer one Verlander two that's fucking lethal which is lethal but again those are that's an old oh and they also just picked up Jose um, Quintana yeah I like that signing too who again is like a three four at best he's not your
0: someone gets hurt he's your two But he had a good rebound last year. Like I think his uh the Yankees were talking to him before he went to uh St. Louis last year. And I think he is a good veteran lefty. But yeah, they they to your point had a lot of questions. So it you have
1: some big names obviously around the league. Um yeah, Verlander and Scherzer,
0: I'm doing the math now. I think that's um I think that's eighty-eight million bucks they spend on them next year more combined. well because it's 43 for verlander uh, and then 45 for scherzer he's getting 45 yeah, a year yeah, yeah. it's a, a 90 million next year you spend on two starters probably so worth it
1: so let's see who's left in the free agent pool uh well, the big names but obviously carlos Rondon, who i hope the yankees will go for chris bassett who would also be happy if they just added both of them bring them both in we need starting pitching um, your entire left field market, Andrew Benatendi, Michael Brantley, Profar, the Japanese guys. Um, uh, they also Japanese pitcher Senga. You have the center field market, Brandon Nimmo. You have right fields, Conforto Myers judges. Now obviously off the books. You your have DH? Uh, JD
0: Martinez in there
1: too. You have, yeah, your DHs: JD Martinez, Nelson Cruz, Matt Carpenter, Third base, Justin Turner, Brandon Drury, second base, uh. Yeah, Michael Bradley's
0: an interesting one in outf- in the outfield. Yeah, but he can't stay healthy. Yeah, I don't want him on the Yankees, but so shortstop, Correa, Xander Bogarts,
1: Dansby Swanson, uh, Gary Sanchez at the catcher, Christian Vasquez. That's Sanchez guy. So who knows? There's there's still a lot of moves to be made. I think gun to my head, Yankees get a starter one of radon or bassett preferably radon um i think they make a trade that will surprise some people and i think they get one of the marquee left fielders in ben um the japanese player who is his name is escaping me That's yoshida it's... yoshida, uh, yoshida. Uh,
0: oh damn i don't know it, it's I think He's, it's uh, he raked last year, that's all I know. And then or uh Nemo. I think those those moves do happen. I think Nemo would be actually not uh not too bad of a call there. Yeah. If they said Nelson Cruz, here's one year five million bucks, would you do it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be silly, but it's like, yeah.
0: You think if if they said all right, Nelson Cruz, one year 15 million, would you do no. it? No, 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 no. Okay,
1: just get getting a pulse. No, 5 million where it's like, again, it's a log Because like, where does he play? He's literally just a DH. So that means like Giancarlo has to get some reps
0: in the outfield. Yeah. Like more frequently. Out. Backup first baseman, Luke Voigt. <laughs> Dude. Honestly, like the guy who I like, if we were talking
1: backups and shit, like I would have taken a flyer on Bellinger and let him be that outfield utility backup first baseman dh like let him let him play around and see which where he gets comfortable at that would have been my i I love that that would have been my
0: guy i wish it but in a similar vein hear me out here too it's gonna be much cheaper can play more positions will myers there's a thought yeah yeah i mean essentially though
1: it's like that's you have that in oswaldo cabrera yeah, I, I get that. Like in my in my perfect world, you have Rizzo at first, you have Anthony Volpe at second, you have I mean, in a perfect world, Dansby Swanson or Carlos Correa at short, but in a realistic a- aspect, you have Peraza at short, DJ at third, IKF on your bench. Le- left field Left field, Andrew Benettendi or Nimmo. Center field, Bader, right field, Judge, Stan and DH. Oswaldo Cabrera being the DJ, playing around everywhere. I concur. Yeah. That's, I, where, that's where I
0: see it as. Yeah, if they didn't have Cabrera or he wasn't good, I would say let's bring Will Myers in because yeah. he's just a guy that does it. Like, I love how scrappy he is. He fucking hits with no batting gloves, like that kind of guy. Um, but watch he will end up on the Red Sox. Probably. Because that's just what guys end up doing. They they could be perfect Yankees. Like Kenley Jansen, a piece of shit. I have to root against him now. I thought I, I honestly thought I was
1: like, hey, he would have been a good Yank. He would have been a good Yank and he openly went to the Red Sox. Weird. Yeah.
0: I'm not too surprised at that though. Like he's just kind of always been this like evil empire kinda like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in there and just throw 97 up and in and then followed up with a nasty slider down low. Yeah. Down and out. Yeah, he he is is arguably baseball's best closer still. And the Sox got him. And that's free agency. It's been fun. I I will say these past 2 days have heated up significantly and there's been some it's been some cool stuff.
1: I'm glad it's not lingering like that one year where it's like the guys like Machado and Harper took this till February, March. Yeah.
0: Well, the Harper stuff, like I wrote a blog on that in the World Series. That was, uh there's a lot more to that than meets the eye. Yeah. But like Judge easily could have done that and held free agency up. I don't think he would have, to be honest.
1: But he could, I'm saying he could have. Like, he I, I don't funny. think, I don't think he would have, but he could have kept it to the new year. Yeah, I think he would have lost money to be
0: honest if he did that
1: at this point. When it's when you're when you're past the 300 million, it's just a pissing contest. It doesn't mean like 310, 320, 330. It's you know, you're talking pennies on the dollar. Like front office sports just put out the thing, and um, Joel Pampera, I think it was like he's making a hundred thousand dollars a day, right? For the next decade, it's making
0: 76 bucks a minute. That's like. He's making more dollars in that time than there are seconds in one minute. He's making over a dollar a second. It's crazy. Like, you just think one second, dollar, dollar, dollar. Like, it just keeps three seconds, you pay for a coffee.
1: It's, an, it's
0: you know what? Good for
1: him. Good for him. He deserves it. Baseball money, stupid sports He bet money. on himself and he won. It's not your paycheck, you know? It's like... That's what I said. I don't get, like, it's not yeah. my money. I agree. Pa- I, I go to Yankee Stadium and I'll pay the $40 for a chicken
0: tender bucket. You got me now. You got me now, Hal. You got like, me Yes, now. they they objectively overpaid for him. That, fine. You overpaid for a guy, but it's better that than not having him. If yeah. overpaying is the price. It's like, yeah, what, what you and I did. We overpaid for ALDS game, right? At ALDS game five. We overpaid for it, but it's better than not going some may say well if they won the world series it was it would have been better than not going um they didn't so maybe that's a shitty example but it's like oh a tv it's overpriced but would i rather not have a tv in my house and just sit there in silence or overpay for this tv
1: and it's honestly not an overpay when two teams were going to pay that same amount and then some
0: yeah, I think uh, my view is a little bit different than yours on that. I, I would say, I would just think everybody's overpaying for him because it's a guy that, you know, he, yes, the, the end of it is going to be ugly. Let's get real. they are going to be paying $40 million for a guy. Or maybe I'm wrong. He ends up like Adrian over, like, Beltre or Pujols. That's right? what I'm
1: saying. It's like people just assume that. But like we're in such a different age of baseball now where it's like, these guys are so healthy and like Aaron Judge has proved that he can like be healthy where it's like baseball is going, he's going to still be like a 2030 home run guy when he's 40.
0: Yeah. I think a rod preconditioned us for that. It's like that ended badly. You know, Aaron judge is not Jacoby Ellsbury.
1: Aaron judge is not Robinson Cano on the tail end of steroids. Like it's Aaron judge. Like he still is in, he's in his prime. I think he's going to get better. I honestly do. People are like, don't expect the same MVP season next year, and like that might be true. But like, I honestly think that Aaron Judge is going to be a consistent fifty homer guy for the next four years. I think he could. I think that's you know? not
0: outlandish. But I I liked your title of the blog today, but I don't. I just can't wrap my head around that he's choosing to be Jeter. You know, like I think he's just choosing to be him. Well, no, no, like not. It's not
1: he is definitely his own person. And so is Derek Jeter. And like, there's no disrespect to that. Like, and also not for fucking nothing, Aaron judge, help us bring a title here, you know, help us bring a title. You got your money. Now be the leader and bring the title here. He he knows what he signed up for. Yeah. That's crystal clear. It's just more of like creating a legacy where it's like, he decided to follow on the paths of like, let me be a Yankee for life rather than go catch a bag to play on the West coast. And then, fall in the shadows because Robinson Cano granted there was the steroid issue and the PEDs, but if he stayed a Yankee and took the money that would the Yankees provided rather than Seattle, I think he would still be playing at a better level years down the line.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm with it. I'm with it. I fingers are crossed. I think this is objectively good uh, real quick before we close contender and pretender off the cuff. Go for it uh you go first all right uh off the cuff the cardinals are pretenders and they're going to get exposed i think the patriots honestly might beat them um even though the patriots suck too and i think they're pretenders uh but i think the cardinals are worse pretenders so they are pretenders um contenders i am going to go with the 49ers again um Listen, they're eight and four now. They just rinsed the Dolphins. They're good. They proved they could do it without Jimmy and without Fields. So this is now a team that's it's on the radar. That's simple.
1: So my pretender is going to be the Ravens, even though they're eight and four, just because uh, Lamar Jackson's now hurt for a few weeks. So can frauds without Lamar? You know, can Huntley hold down the fort? I don't know. The reason why I'm putting them as a pretender is because of my contender which is the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they jump them in the um in the in their division in the AFC North and also, you know, the Bengals have the Chiefs number in the past 3 games. I thought the Chiefs were unstoppable. Now the Cincinnati Bengals come into town, you know, it's going to be that in the mix of
0: them Bills, Chiefs at the top of the AFC. So who comes out on top? Five more weeks. Let's rip it. That's it for episode one hundred eight. Everybody, go, uh, go, ADAS. That's Will and I'm Jake. Peace. Take it easy.